Hi guys, Tim Dormer. Welcome to the next episode of Pop Sugar's pilot season of Popcast, which explores life after reality TV. I'm your host for the season, and some of Australia's most recognised and notable contestants from shows like Big Brother, The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, they're all going to be joining me to talk about some of the behind-the-scenes secrets that you never knew, and the impact of sudden fame after the limelight dims. In this episode, big drum roll, we've got one of our all-time favourite reality TV stars, Tully Smythe. One of our all-time or one of your all-time? I Look, is it favourite? I don't know. We wouldn't a, say favourite. We wouldn't say favourite. We've got a lot to talk about today. I think you are one of the most famous or notorious reality TV stars in Australia. I think more so than me. I think I won the show. That uh, For everyone listening. Oh, t- I remember. I remember. Tully and I were in the same season of Big Brother, and um, and and I guess we're both still in the industry together, and we've, uh, I guess, had a tumultuous relationship on the show okay. and since the show, and I just want to get real with you today, and yeah, we'll see where it goes. Let's There's, do it. I, I want everyone to see the amazing Tully that I know, um, and. Yeah, find out some secrets about the journey that you've been on because I, I don't think it's as smooth sailing, red carpets and free stuff as everyone thinks when they look at your social media. Yeah. But, yeah, you're a very smart girl and I think um, you've learnt some lessons, so it's going to be an interesting chat. How about you tell us a little bit about um, your experience, um, your story, how you ended up on Big Brother, um, why did you sign up for Big well, Brother? I was a huge fan of the show since it started. I think as I got older, more and more people would suggest I do something like that. I've always yeah. been a bit of a show pony, um, never been afraid of attention. But it was actually my ex that suggested we, we auditioned together. Yeah. So I originally auditioned with Talia, my ex-partner, um, and it was really funny because we both submitted videos and we just briefly mentioned that I was auditioning with my partner who had a separate video, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then I got fast-tracked, which I'm sure you got fast-tracked too. No. I Did you do a video? Then- no, I didn't well, even do a video. that's how you get fast-tracked. Oh, there you go. What were you hoping to get out of the experience? Well, that's the thing. You know, people always ask me what I was hoping to achieve from going on the show. I didn't have any expectations. I loved the show. I loved the concept. Um, I went in there wanting a fun experience. And I knew it would be an awesome, you know, once-in-a-lifetime kind of thing. And I wanted to make friends. I wanted to meet new people and, and you know... I never thought about afterwards. I never thought about the money. Come on. I, Tim, you know, I to tell the truth. I never thought about the money. I thought it'd be out first week. Okay, no, not the money, but surely you had some inkling that it, this is a chance to No, because back then, it didn't, that didn't happen. Instagram was still I very guess, much person-to-person, yeah. friend-to-friend. Yeah, the brands, yeah. brands weren't on Instagram yet. So. Why I'm asking is because I think... We behaved very differently in the house. To your credit, you, yeah. you were very natural and your emotions were on show. Me, I, I tried to kind of... Well, I, I was as natural as I could, but I didn't want to show them my vulnerabilities to the level yes, that you, you did. Yes, played it And I'm wondering smarter. whether you were aware, walking in, that... No, you know, I think it's one of those things where you can watch the show or, uh, you know, our show, you, you know, as many times as you like and think you've got it under wraps, but... You know, when people ask me where you were of the cameras, I always say that first night when we went into the house, I was acutely aware mm, to the point mm. where if I was in a room by myself, I was um, commentating what I was doing out loud, like yeah, for the right. viewers. Like I was like, I'm going to put on my pajamas and <laughs> yeah. saying like every action out loud. Yeah. But come day two, you know, there are those cameras you can see. So as you would know, um, most of the cameras are hidden behind the walls, but there are a few on the roof and outside that we can actually see them pivot and turn. So I think I was always aware of those because mm, they were, mm. you know, in sight, in mind, whereas the ones behind the walls you kind of forget about. 
So no, I wasn't. I kind of forgot. Yeah, no, that's good. I think that naivety is why Big Brother works back in the day. Okay, so this leads me to my other questions for you specifically, and that is that you made a choice on Big Brother that really affected your life afterwards. You were with, mm-hmm. you were seeing a girl at the time. Yeah, I had a partner, and you fell for Drew, You're one right. of the one of the other contestants on the show. Mm-hmm. How much of that was just really natural? Just two guys, two um contestants on a show falling in love and how much do you think the producers were rubbing their hands together do you know what it really wasn't until um it wasn't until pretty late in the game that i even thought about the fact that it could have been a setup Mm -hmm. obviously again as you would know you're asked a million and one questions when you apply for these shows we literally had to fill out you know pages and pages of forms about your ideal girl, your ideal boy, what you look for in a partner, what they look like, personality traits, what you want from life. Like, they know so much about us. And then in hindsight, it felt like they maybe had handpicked somebody for me. Yeah, wow. He just ticked so many boxes. Not not even just, you know, aesthetically. He just ticked so many boxes. Okay, so then run us through the personal... It must have been torture for you. Yeah, it was really tough. It was really tough. Look, in in the house with you, we we had no idea. We knew you and Drew were close as mates, but oh, you knew this. No, well, either I'm the biggest idiot in there. You were inseparable, but you you swore to us that no, you had a girlfriend on the outside and that you were just friends. And little did we know that the whole of Australia was watching you two make out when we went in the when we went in the room. Yeah, look, I think, you know, something that I have never really spoken about publicly, just purely out of, um, funnily enough, respect for my ex, is that we went in a good place prior to the show. Um, We'd actually broken up a month prior to going in. Um, So we went in a good place regardless. Mm. I probably should have had the balls to to end it before I went in. Uh, I just didn't. And then I go Mm -hmm. into this house and Mm -hmm. meet this guy who one of our first conversations was about how badly he wants to get married and wants to have a big (laughs) party with all his friends. And I'm just sitting there with love heart eyes on. Like, this is all I've been wanting, you know, forever. Um, But it was really, really tough. The fact that I couldn't speak to her, you know, in the real world, I would have met Drew realised a week in, whatever, that I had feelings for him and ended it with my partner. That wasn't an option for me. You know what? To her absolute credit, she is a bigger and better person than I ever could be. She handled that situation with such dignity and and, and respect for me, despite my my wrongdoings. Um, She defended me publicly. She was an absolute um, trooper and a legend. And, uh, yeah, I probably would never forgive myself for that, to be honest. But he was my source of comfort. He was my best friend in there. So And you need that. Anything that kind of is something stable that you can hold on to in there. Especially me. Like, you're quite an independent. You're a lone wolf, self-proclaimed. I'd always been in long-term relationships and I was struggling. So, yeah, I formed a connection really quickly with Drew and it just kind of, it grew from being mates to something else. Yeah. And I just, I don't know, it's easy to say now in hindsight, but I, you know, I wish I could have spoken to Talia and I also wish I could have just held out. Yeah. I say on behalf of all the people that watched, I'm glad that you did it (laughs) because it was great. And I think um, it introduced, uh, I guess, sexuality is not as easy as, as, one label, I yeah, think, and at you know that time. Nobody yeah. really understood what is she into guys and she into girls. Um, I, I don't think even I now. I think I struggled with that label. the most. Um, yeah. 
I think going in there, I was always very open with production that I had dated guys and girls in the yeah. past. Um, I I call myself 70-30, so I classified myself as 70% lesbian, 30% straight. So I was still quite open to dating guys and found men attractive. So I was very much labelled a lesbian going yeah. in. I had a partner, so – yeah, And I think – Unbeknownst to me, I the lesbian community saw me as a bit of a representation of the community. They were really excited and they were originally really behind me. Yeah. And I think that a lot of them felt personally let down. And that was really, really tough to come out to. Um, yeah. Because I'd just been myself. I didn't realise I was supposed to be representing a whole entire community. And in saying that, I'd always said I was bi. It wasn't... Yeah. Yes, I'd cheated and I absolutely will take that. But the flipping... I didn't really flip. It's not ever about the sexes for me. So yeah. that was really, really um, bitter pill for me to swallow. Well, I want to talk about <clears throat> what happened when you exited the show because it, it, it was crazy. For you personally, what was it like oh, it was, having it a was reputation? Horrendous. It was absolutely horrendous. It was the hardest. Oh, I don't want to cry. It was really hard. Yeah. I'm, I I remember walking down the street with you and you were yelled, things were being yelled at you that were yeah, awful. Yeah, I think, you know. And I wasn't getting that. And I just felt this sense of guilt that, so my God, I, we did the same experience, but this is going to paint her for the rest yeah, of her life. Didn't. So I, first of all, they flew up, not just one, but two, but three loved ones. And that was a bit of a red flag. Then they wouldn't let me go home. So obviously, you know, you start for the night and then you go home usually. So I was kept trapped in the hotel room under... To, to be absolutely honest with you, suicide watch. Wow. They were really concerned about me. And um, they even had Heidi, who was evicted the week before me, there mic'd up, ready to go on stage in case I couldn't speak. Yeah, right. Um, which is, I mean, give me some more credit. Let me shine. Give me my moment. Um, I was fine on stage. <laughs> they'd, they'd told the audience, and this is what I've heard from my loved ones that were there, they told the audience under no circumstances were they to boo me. Yeah, wow. So I just got the fanfare. I got the normal mm, fanfare. Mm. Sonia was great. There was some confronting videos that I had to sort of just like <laughs> la- like laugh off and mm, explain. Mm. But then, of course, you know, once I was able to read everything and do all my media interviews, <clears throat> see the Facebook f- uh, hate pages and realise the gravity of the situation, it, w- it was really, really hard. Um, I had, you know, not only – in. I mean, I guess in my head I was ready to deal with Talia. That was always going to be mm-hmm. something I needed to do and I wanted to do that. I didn't realise that I have to answer the whole country as well. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that was tough. And I think what made it tougher was that I am generally a pretty good person. I have pretty high morals. Um, before the show, I was very black and white. Had you come to me and said, oh, you know, I think I'm in love with two people, I'd say, that's not possible. Pick mm-hmm. one. What are you mm-hmm. talking about? And now I was in a situation where... I'd stuffed up. I'd stuffed up big time. I'd hurt the one person I loved most in the world and I did it really publicly and I had to just, just, I dug my grave. I had to just line it. People were trying to say, my own friends, bless them, were hoping that what they'd seen wasn't what happened. Yeah. That I'd been told to do things or put in certain, and I'm like, guys, it was all me. I can't be anything but who I am and for rightly or wrongly, what you saw is exactly what happened. And I'm not proud of it. I'm, as I said before, I'm still in therapy trying to deal with it, which is hilarious because, as you know, um, Talia and I are very good friends. Mm. She actually spent my 30th birthday with me in Bali with her new partner. That's how tight we are. Um, and she's forgiven me. She, she forgave me, you know, a couple of months after the show. I haven't forgiven myself. Um, wow. And just when I start to get closer to doing that, someone will leave a comment on my photo reminding yeah. me what I did or, yep. or, or calling me a homewrecker, which is ironic because I ruined my own home. <laughs> Jerusalem, homewrecker. But anyway, 
Um, yeah, so it, it's, it, it was really tough. Definitely one of the darkest times of my life. So after an experience like that, I think most people would probably run away from the industry and you'd try and find an island somewhere and hide for the rest of your life, but yeah. you didn't. I think originally I felt an absolute responsibility to face my demons. You know, um, the producers of the show offered to cancel all my, all my radio the morning after because, as you know, once you get evicted, you do radio first thing the next morning. They offered to cancel. And I said, no, I need to go out and I need to deal with this. I need to face it. I need to own up to it. I need to you know, apologise. So originally, you're right, I absolutely did want to run away and hide. I thought about booking a trip to Bali and never coming back. But I also thought it was really important that I kind of ripped the band-aid off. And so then I kind of felt this sort of anger of, I guess, proving the country wrong. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be known for something other than that chick from Big Brother. I wanted to be known for something else. So I just made it an effort to, like, I tried to write my blog, you know, my blogs. Um, when I was out at events, I always wanted to speak um, to the journalists there or to the organisers and made sure that I got a face-to-face because I was, you know, swimming upstream. I was I was going into meetings. I was going into radio interviews and every, every and I'm not exaggerating, every single time I went in there, I could see on their faces they had an opinion of me. Mm. And so I think that that was kind of what I was doing. I'd lost everything and Drew was in the house for six weeks. I was on my own for six weeks dealing with the public backlash alone. Mm. I came yeah, home to an empty right. house my partner had left me, taken most of the furniture, taken our dog, and I came home to an empty house and I had nothing. So when the show ended and Drew was out of the house, um, you guys dated for yes. how long? On and off for a year. Yeah, right. I mean, he's the reason I live in Melbourne. I moved to Melbourne to be with him. You actually thought that that was genuine love? Yeah, absolutely. And you still believe that? Absolutely. Yeah, wow. Um, there have been moments where I've questioned it, especially after we broke up. I was like, what have... I done. You yeah, because it would be him. a happy ending if you if you were to marry him and you, totally, you got the guy. Totally, but. and you know, and it was a messy breakup. Um, I won't go into it, but I there were moments where I sort of gone, oh my god, have I just thrown everything away for a mirage? But no, looking back, and you watch. I mean, I've seen clips. You can see you people literally watch us fall in love on TV. Mm. You can see it. It's mm. it's undeniable. It's very interesting. I meet a lot of people that um, have fallen in love on reality TV and they do often stay together for about a year afterwards. Mm. And I, they, they must find so much comfort in having someone so close that's been through that experience mm-hmm. with them. The bubbles burst. Well, it's, Something had it's changed. not reality. You're, you're living in a But I think we'd all limbo. change. You know, we went in there. I always say this is how I always describe it. I went in there as like a <laughs> circular object yeah. and came out a star. And I was trying to fit my star back into the circle and it, wow. wasn't, it wasn't fitting. I was trying to fit back into my old life and That's, it had all changed. That is so true. And I just wasn't fitting into my old life anymore. I was trying really hard, but everything had changed and I couldn't. And the most frustrating thing was that no one else understood that except for the other mm. 19 of you, of us that were in the house. I, I almost feel like I want to apologise because part of the way that you were portrayed was... Because of you. The way that I... Yeah. And so... I don't know. We we were frenemies the whole way through, but now I kind of see the different experiences that we both had. I'm quite happy going to bed at night knowing that I was myself the entire time. And we've, you know, obviously you and I have been friends now for five years and you, I'm assuming you can t- attest to the fact that how I was in the show is exactly what I'm like yeah, outside. Yeah. Because I noticed you take a lot of reality TV stars under your wing when I they do. come off the show. What what um, motivates that? I've actually joked about starting like some kind of like rehab clinic for reality <laughs> TV D-listers. I think because my experience was so difficult, um, 
I have, I feel this, and you know, I'm quite a maternal person. I'm always, I'm always the mother mm. hen. I feel this sense, you know, I see someone being portrayed a certain way on a show or I see someone's journey, that bloody word. Um, <laughs> and I feel responsibility to make sure that they're okay. Um, I know what it's like firsthand to go through that. My experience was rocky. And so when I see someone going through that, I, especially if they've been portrayed as a villain or they've had a rough time, I feel this sense of responsibility to, to reach out. And it's, it's usually just a message on social media saying, hey, you know, congratulations on the show. Um, saw you, you know, always here if you need to chat. And nine times out of ten, they will reach out and want to chat because mm-hmm. it is such a weird and surreal experience. And I think that, yes, you and I obviously have a, a really, really deep understanding about each other and our experience because we're on the same show. But I think reality TV is reality TV. And I think that we're just mm. as able to connect with someone that was on MasterChef or The Block or The Bachelor because it's a very sort of similar kind of experience and ride. So, yeah, you're right. I do. I kind of collect them. And it's funny because when I first sort of, I think Sam Frost and, and that was sort of one of the first original um, people that I sort of became friends with, um, a lot of people on social media were claiming that I was trying to stay relevant by yeah. becoming friends with these people. I think you've made a jab at me about I that. I have, yes. yeah. And it was not about that at all. It was, it was more like if I can save someone for feeling the way I felt, which was so isolated and so alone and so confused and lost, then I will do that any day of the week. It was never about becoming friends or getting, you know, extending my 15 minutes of fame. I had a lot of people reach out. I mean, there are the people that reach out that just want to talk because they're just, their head's all over the place mm. because yeah. I had to figure out my own. Yeah. There was no president before us. Um, I remember opening my door and there were just piles and piles of packages on my doorstep. Yeah. And I was trying to like change outfits four times a day and make sure I got a photo. And I remember Roxy, yeah, Roxy Desenko reached out to me. I signed with Ministry of Talent, which is her influencing. Yeah. That was the first place I was signed with. Um, and then it just kind of blew up from there. Yeah, I remember doing a post in some clothes and saying, um, here I am posing in some clothes that I paid for myself. Hashtag, did you get that, Tully? And it was just because, like, you were getting so much free stuff. Mm. And I d- it, to me it seemed weird to be... I wasn't a model. I mean, I think in my head, like, I had... All, we, you know, all of us had come out of that show with a huge number of followers. Um, I, at the time, had the most. Don't anymore. Um, but I think that I was like, well, you know, I've got this new following, these new people to talk to. I've just been put through the ringer. If I can make rent mm. off this, why the hell not? I think that's what I love about the Tully brand is that you never claim to be perfect. No. I mean, outside looking in, your world looks perfect and you are amazingly beautiful. But that's that. You I think you, you've always worn your heart on your sleeve with your blog posts that you do. You share mm-hmm. your emotions and your vulnerabilities. Well, the country's seen me bare. They've seen me at my worst. They have. They've seen me at my absolute <laughs> bloody worst. So what else do I have to hide? Okay, well, where does it end? What's what? What are you doing right now? And like, what are you hoping for? Well, I mean, I honestly, my plan was always just to take whatever opportunities came my way for as long as I would, and just to milk my fifteen minutes of fame for as long as I could. So I was, my original plan was just to take it as it came, and then once it all died down, probably go back to work working in advertising. And that was five years ago, mm. and here we are. It's bizarre. I really did not see this coming. It wasn't part of the plan. It has been really fun and I've really enjoyed, you know, being an influencer or a blogger. But I think now, and I definitely don't think it's coincidence that it corresponds with me turning 30 last October. But I think now I'm wanting more. I want to sink my teeth into something a little bit more substantial. Do you have any regrets? I mean, no. I had the best time of my life. My regret was is that how I handled my, my situation. 
I think that if the connection between you and I was as strong as I thought it was, then why couldn't it have waited in a couple of weeks? Um, yeah, my only regret is hurting my ex. That's my only regret. Wow. But she's forgiven you. I know. You haven't forgiven yourself. No, I'm not sure how I'm supposed to do that. Gosh. I don't, I don't think you're ready to walk away from it yet. From See, it's funny when you said you're not um, creatively fulfilled from the influencer role. Waking up, you know, I miss working in a team. I, was, I miss being collaborative. I miss um, feeling productive and helpful and useful. You know, waking up in the morning and taking a selfie and that being my only job for the day, whilst fun, and I'm very, very lucky, I mean, you know, I've got a beast inside of me that needs to be fed and it's not feeding that beast anymore. Well, I mean, let, well, let's talk about what reality TV is now. It, it has changed in the last mm-hmm. five years. Shows like Married at First Sight and, and, and The Bachelor, Bachelorette Empire um, and the spin-offs that are coming. I mean, it's, it is all about relationships mm-hmm. on show. You know, had I known that five years down the track I'd still be getting stalked by paparazzi, would I have done the show? I don't know. It's funny because there have been obviously a handful of shows in the last five years that have spoken to me about maybe going back on another show. So what are you going on there for? Redemption, if you were to say yes, what would you... I mean, not redemption. I think that... I mean, would I go on The Bachelorette to find love? Absolutely. My last relationship, my last boyfriend was found by a casting director. So I know it's possible. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, I mean, would I go back on a show for love? Yes. Would I go back on a show um, to further my career in the media industry? Absolutely. But, I mean, what shows that let you do that? I, I think my time is done. I think I'm old news. Rubbish your old news, Tully. I, I bet you're still recognised on the street. Has the positivity of the reception that you, the people you meet, Absolutely. has that changed? Absolutely. You know what? There were only a handful of people that had the balls to say something negative to my face and it was only very soon after the show. For the past four and a half years, mm. it's been nothing but lovely. And I'm mm. sure you get it as well. It's crazy. I sh- I'm sure you agree that five years on, you can feel it. You know, you've, I don't know about you, but I can feel I went to a room or a bar or a restaurant and I can feel who's looking at me. I can tell who's recognised me. Yeah. I can tell who knows me from the show and who's like, mm, she's familiar, but I can't put... Things. Yes. I just think it's funny. Like the phrase that I hear time and time again, day in, day out, usually muffled or whispered or as if past me is... That's Tully from Big Brother. Yeah. I will always be Tully from Big Brother. Yeah. I'm not, it's not, oh, that's Tully. Or oh, that's that chick from that show. It's, that's Tully from Big Brother. But it, it has given us a business, a career for the last five years. I think our show is very, very different to most reality TV programs in that we're just hanging out. It's us getting up, having breakfast, talking smack, swimming, sunbaking, going to bed. There's no sort of underlying end yeah. game or underlying plot line. It's just us hanging out. Yeah. And I think that because of that, people, I'm sure you've felt this too, people feel like they really do know us. They're, they've connected with us. We're relatable. Mm. Mm. They've watched us wake up, go to bed, have our you know porridge every morning. They've watched me fall in love. And they feel this sense of um, familiarity with us. And that to me, when I have someone come up to me in a nightclub or you know out in the street and asking for a selfie... They're very comfortable with me. Mm. They're huggy. They're, you know, they're very, you know, they just feel like they know you, like we're friends of theirs. Yeah. And I think that's very, very specific to Big Brother. To Big Brother. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. And so I guess it's just a natural progression that we keep sharing our lives with them. That's how I've made sense of it.
Okay, guys, we've reached the end of this episode. Thanks for everyone listening. This podcast is available on iTunes, Acast, and all the places you normally listen to your podcast. We have chatted about some pretty heavy stuff in this episode. If anyone listening, if you or you know someone who's struggling, you can call Lifeline on 131114.